0: Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Before we get into today's helpful episode, I have a little favor to ask you you make sure to go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review Fading Memories. This is the best way for new people to find the show. And I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. And also pop over to the website, FadingMemoriesPodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter, Now that I'm into year two, I've got some exciting things coming out that I would like to share with you, and I don't always have to be yakking in your ear to do that, so if you do those two things, I'd really love it. Now, on to today's show. With me today is Erin Partridge. She is with the Elder Care Alliance, and we're going to talk today on art therapy for older adults. Thanks for being on the podcast with me,
1: Erin. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the invitation.
0: You're welcome. So first off, tell me a little bit about the Alliance and what you guys do
1: there. Sure. So um, I've worked for Elder Care Alliance for about eight years now, um, and I started as an art therapist in one of our communities. We provide housing and services for older adults here in California, um, primarily in assisted living and memory care, although we do have an age-restricted housing apartments as well. And one, skilled nursing. And then we also are expanding our services, being aware that not everybody wants nor can afford to live in some kind of care providing setting. So we're looking at how can we take some of the good stuff that we're doing inside of our communities and make it available outside. Right. Make it available to people who are aging in place, making it making it available to people who are receiving supportive services elsewhere, um, making some of our resources freely available to people and um, out there in the world for everyone to benefit from. Because, um, you know, it's just, uh, we have a long lineage of, um, of over a hundred years of, uh, of, of serving older adults. And we started serving the the very poorest older adults in the city of San Francisco. And as assisted living has changed and the you know, um, demographics of who's living in assisted living has changed, we realized we really need to look at how can we serve everybody better. Well, that makes
0: fantastic sense because one of the reasons, well, my mom has, she's in the later stages of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And I was not mentally, physically, any way, shape, or form ready to take on her 24-hour care needs two years ago when my father died. And one of the things that I liked about her assisted memory care residence was that it had activities. Yes. Unfortunately, she's never participated in them much. I think a lot of it is because of the stage that she's in. She's... um her visual processing is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like we go for walks and the shadows on the ground confuse her and yeah. it can't convince her to look ahead. I keep telling her, if you keep wherever you're looking is where you're going to go. So if you're looking at the ground, you might end up on the ground. And I know that's not mm-hmm. what you want, but you know, yeah. kind of talking to myself mm-hmm.
1: at that point. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So, and I think that's been the case the whole time she's been there. It's been, let's see. It's just been about two weeks over two years at this point. So, and I was excited because they do a lot of crafts and she was very creative and did a lot of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, she has, I, I think she's afraid she cannot do it or yeah. she'll do it wrong. And so she just doesn't participate, but she socializes. She's got friends there. She talks to people and that's a lot better than she'd get here living with me because yeah. My husband and I still work, and my sister has school-aged children, so we weren't we weren't in a position to upend our lives so that she could be with us right. 24-7, and it wouldn't have been good for her. So that was why I was interested in your topic of art therapy, mm-hmm. because well, maybe if we'd started five or ten years ago, she could have maintained some of those skills a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So how do you go about providing art therapy, and what's the difference between art therapy and, and um, just doing crafts? <laughs> great,
1: great question. So art therapy is a mental health profession, and we are um, the minimum qualifications for an art therapist are a master's degree in art therapy. Um, many art therapists have studied both um, fine art as well as psychology in their undergraduate school, and then they go on to get a master's degree in, in art therapy. And so we use art in the service of of human life, and that can look a lot of different ways. That can be, um, I'm a person with depression who is struggling with the aging process, and I really need to work on the underlying issues of depression, and I might work with an art therapist to explore that. Or it could be, I'm a normally aging human being, and I want to continue to explore and express and and create, and art therapy can serve that as well. It's really that full range. We can um, do targeted mental health interventions, but we also are here to support human growth and and potential. So that's what I love about it as a, a... person who's on the the positive psychology end of the spectrum where I want to see where the potential is, I want to emphasize strengths. Um, And I think especially when working with older adults, um, that can feel a a whole lot more accessible. We're working on, um, we're we're just exploring and creating and and, um, there's no um, high stakes here. And I'm also not diagnosing you. I'm not one more person that's coming into this space with a diagnosis or a label. Um, and so that's how I have found it to be very accessible for older adults. Um, and then I've worked with people really all the way across the, the age and health span. So people who um, are just in the aging process and everything is kind of, you know, they've got some aches and pains, but they're normal, they're, they're mostly just kind of moving through it. And then people with very advanced Parkinson's, very advanced dementia, uh, people who have limited to no vision. Uh, people with with other diseases of later life that maybe limit their movement in some way or limit their ability to verbally express, we can express in the art. And um, that's really been uh, the joy of it is, is having people make marks and, and feel connected to others through those marks that they make. Uh, so we do both um, group work and, and individual work and kind of of one-of-a-kind. We're just doing a workshop today to I've worked with some people for many, many years. So um, it it really runs the gamut uh, and has been so fulfilling for me professionally, but also artistically um, because older people see things differently, right? They bring their whole life history to something. And so um, when we're looking at a piece of art together, they're going to see things that I don't see and they're going to bring themes up that I've never thought of so and um, that's been really exciting too
0: that makes sense and is that some of the artwork from your
1: I don't know what you want to call them yeah the people that you've worked with back there uh, back there those are mostly either photographs that I've taken or collages or inspiring quotes and stuff there okay yeah um Aaron's got a
0: wall full of Prints and stuff for those people who aren't going to watch this on YouTube, <laughs> which I still don't understand the whole point. Why well, I, I know why the podcast should be on YouTube. I don't know why anybody would actually want to go listen and right. to watch us talk. But whatever.
1: Although they might, they would see though my my robot who's back there twirling around. So anyone who I saw that I wasn't <laughs> sure what he was. <laughs> that's uh, he's a social robot. He's back there hanging out. We do. Oh, that's cute. With him. So
0: how do you start? Where would you start with an older adult? If you like, my ugh, my brain is going into the right brain right mm-hmm. now. I'm an artist, too. I'm a photographer. And where would you start somebody? Like if you knew, I knew many years ago that my mom was having a lot more daffy moments, mm-hmm. as I called them. Mm-hmm. And she was very creative and artistic and did a lot of different things. Would there have been a way to start her there that might have helped down the road? Mm-hmm. So or what benefits could we have gotten if we'd started her, say,
1: 10 years ago? So one of the things that you, you identified something earlier that I've seen so often, that people who have a history of creativity and, and interest in the visual arts, very often when they feel like they can't do what they used to do, they stop. Um, and so sometimes all it takes is shifting media. So if they primarily did like fine ink drawings, shifting to using something else, you know, maybe exploring photography, and exploring some new type of media. Um, I've also found that um, for people in uh, all along the progression um, with with dementia. Um, that bookmaking can be really, really helpful, um, especially as people um, kind of get into the stages where they want to look back through things. Uh, an art journal that they've created and that they're adding to um, can really be this rich um, project for them and something that becomes treasured to them and then also in the future treasured to family members. Um, so I'll do things like have them... Uh, either pick a page to start with and if they can spontaneously do that, we'll do that. But if they're having trouble starting, I'll have a conversation with them and and have some of their words and put some of their words down on the page and then have them illustrate around that. And so then again, it's like telling them, "I, I hear what you're saying and I'm paying attention to the words that you're using, even if some of the words are a little bit dumbled up. I still hear what you're saying, and it's important to me. And then look how important it is to me. We're making some art around these words that you're using.
0: Um, so That sounds really cool. Yeah. I hope some listeners can can start that project with
1: their loved ones. Yeah, it's, it's such it's- a natural fit for something to do with your loved one. It's, it's a great project to do together.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. So <laughs> about... Ten to fifteen years late for my mom, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you said you work with people throughout the progression of stages. So, mm-hmm. with somebody that's in the middle to advanced stages,
1: what what kind of art projects do you do with them? Mm-hmm. So with them, with them, sometimes uh, it can be a little harder to start. Um, so working in groups can be a little easier because we have that kind of that group energy that can help to propel us along. And if we're all working on something together like if we're sitting around a small table and we have a piece of canvas on the table that we're all working on um we get the energizing of the eye contact being made across the table and if this person's a little bit drowsy this person can here in this seat can pick up the slack or maybe they elbow them and bring them back to what we're doing um, but then we're we get that sense of accomplishment of creating something larger. Um, So we've done big murals. um, We've done lots of projects where we're doing something that's so much larger than any one of us could have done alone. Um, So that's been really successful. Um, Another thing that's really helpful that is such a simple thing, but sometimes just putting a border around the edge of a page can be a good starting point for somebody. If you hand them a blank piece of paper, I mean, to any of us, that can feel a little bit overwhelming. I don't know what to do with this. This is, uh, this is too empty. It's too blank. I don't have ideas. And just a simple border around the page can help with that. Um, I, I've seen that over and over again. Um, and, and sometimes it's just a simple stimulus. Like we'll start with just one word on the page and just responding to that one word. Um, Things that uh, incorporate nature are also really useful um, because they have that multi-sensory component of there's some touch to it. So doing leaf rubbings and then creating watercolors around the leaf rubbings, uh, doing prints from leaves, or flowers or other pieces of nature doing actual nature mandalas where we bring a bunch of flowers and leaves and things in and arrange them on the table and people get to participate in in the arrangement of it and then we take a picture um those those things just if i'm walking in cold to a place with people that i don't know those are the types of things that i would do because those are the things that um they don't need to know me yet or trust me to,
0: to participate in something but it gives me some ideas because like I said my mom's visual processing is not great mm-hmm. and I th- I think that's one of her biggest problems I think it was well it was it was definitely over a year ago it might even be longer I was stressed and we were, I was visiting and I'm like just come over here with other ladies and me I said I have pencils and pens and I don't have crayons but Mm -hmm. I have adult coloring but I said mom it's very relaxing just just color with me Mm -hmm. and she always had black miniature poodles and so I pulled out the outline you know the coloring page of a black well it was just the outline but a poodle right which of course wouldn't have been very creative because it was pretty much all one color except for the collar and maybe the Mm, tongue because mm-hmm. like everything on a poodle is black right. if they're a black poodle she could not differentiate between inside the lines mm-hmm. and outside the lines. Yeah. so i'm like okay i won't harass her to do this again because i can see how that would be frustrating, frustrating. but she yeah. really loves to go out we'll just take a walk we're really blessed we've got two regional parks nearby oh, one of wonderful. which is um well, it's it's at Mount Diablo, mm-hmm. which you're probably familiar mm-hmm. with. Yep. You're in Southern California right now, right? Um, Bay Area. Oh, okay, yep. so am I. So we're in the same same mountain range, yep. basically. <laughs> and we so we go out to Black Diamond Mines okay. and walk. Um, so I'm wondering if just bringing paper and just like putting a branch on and then adding leaves, or if there's something really simple that I could do that she would enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, cause you take her with you when you go out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you all, if you two got, if you got a, a sketchbook and every time you go out, you do a rubbing from a leaf and, um, or you actually glue, you could even glue the leaf in there, tape the leaf in there, and then write down what did we see today? Or what was what were our emotion words when we were out here on this nature walk? And, and create this book together that she could either keep or you could bring it back for when it's rainy and you can't go out, you can look back through it. Um, you know, maybe even including some printed out pictures um, but things on the page that would have some texture to them so she could feel it, um, but would also be this, um, this touchstone, this thing that that um, is like we've shared some experiences together.
0: That would be, I think it'll definitely try. It's supposed to be really nice next week. Oh, good, yeah. Which is good. Yesterday we went to the dog park, and thankfully she made a comment about, she gets to the point where I think she's a little... Tired Mm -hmm. or mentally yeah she's mentally done and she made a comment something about leaving and then i asked her a question she says well whatever we do i have to go to the bathroom i'm like well that's the clue because there was no there's no public bathrooms at this dog park Mm -hmm. about the time i piled her and the three golden retrievers into the car it started raining okay Uh, We got very lucky. I almost didn't do the dog park because it had been kind of sort of dripping a little bit during the day. Right. But she just loved that. Yeah. And other than the fact that it looks like a dog exploded in my car. (laughs) (laughs) She was just all fur in the whole car. Yeah. You know, I don't mind doing that. It was great because there was another dog there, my youngest the other dog's owner would throw the ball and he would chase it and my dog would chase him. So when we got home, he was done. He was tired. Yeah. He's almost two. So that, that was a puppy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a little, he's, he's a little wild. He's, (laughs) he's a a love, but she loves looking at trees in the sky. Mm -hmm. And when we go out to black diamond mines, you know, part of the mountains were created from, you know, earthquakes and volcanoes. So they're really pointy and steep and they're very impressive and so she's always saying it's amazing yeah. that's her word yeah her her vocabulary for emotion words isn't huge mm-hmm. at all but I'm hoping we can go back Monday and so I think I will I'll get a little book and
1: yeah you just put the leaf rubbings you just rub the leaf on the paper so you put the leaf underneath the page behind it and then turn a crayon on its side or a colored paper on like you would do a grave rubbing like similar okay. kind of a yeah.
0: Okay. That'll be cool. I'm definitely going to try that because I I think she might enjoy that. I talked to somebody or no, I read something about, it was more of a mindful exercise Mm -hmm. where you just, you know, like close your eyes and drew on a piece of paper or used paint. And I thought I've been tempted to try that with her, Mm -hmm. but sometimes she just throws the brakes on so hard that you think, Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, you can't screw it up just here finger paint with your eyes closed Mm -hmm. and feel Mm -hmm. and i just i try not to make our visits start out with frustration so i've been hesitant to try that yeah yeah um I don't know. Maybe if I talk to the caregivers, we can incorporate that into the group
1: activity one of these days. Yeah, you know, the, the tricky thing about finger painting is it can be really regressive for people. So, if there are any people in the setting who have early childhood trauma or who are kind of living there in their minds right now, it can be really triggering for them because that tactile finger, finger paint feeling um, can be pretty distracting. I would just be a little careful around finger painting in
0: particular. That's a a very interesting point. Mm -hmm. Um, I like your suggestion. So do you, with the people
1: in later stages, do you work with them in groups too? Sometimes. um, So what I've done with um, some of our very, very later stage people is do like a sensory art therapy group where we're Feeling different fabrics and materials and things like that. Um, we've done some weaving, um, which uh, was actually what, this remarkable moment. So I put um, a skein of yarn in this woman's hands and I was weaving next to her on a big, I, I made a loom out of a hula hoop. And we were weaving on, on this hula hoop loom and I handed her the skein of yarn and she immediately took it and kind of took the hula hoop loom away from me and started weaving. I mean, perfectly over, under, over, under. And this is a woman who needed complete assistance. with It, it could not bring her fork to her mouth. And yet here she is weaving. And so i was watching her for a while, just like, this is remarkable. We ended up talking to her daughter and her daughter said, oh, well, you know, she grew up in Ireland. She's been weaving her entire life. So this motion, right, this over under motion is something that was so deeply connected to who this person is as a human being. So it was incredible. Um, and then another man who would also come to that group, again, um, pretty high care needs, um, uh, and, and really didn't speak much at all, but he, I would have him hold the yarn and kind of spool it out to me as I was weaving. And, um, he started getting kind of playful about it. Like I would pull on it a little bit and he'd put some out and then he'd pull it a little bit back and then get this big smile on his face. So it was, it was great because kind of from the outside, people might look at that group of people and say, well, what's an art therapist um, and then why why are you doing this and it was like no we're 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 being playful we're like things are happening here um, so it, it's just always really exciting to see that and if it's a if it's a group of people where there are people at different stages I'm very intentional about making sure to include everybody in the group and and again to kind of bring bring their responses to the group. So if someone is not able to speak because they have aphasia, I'll have them touch and feel whatever we're doing and um, and say aloud to the group, oh, you know, I noticed that Bob um, lifted his eyebrows when he felt this rough paper, you know? So I'm saying to the group, you, you he might not be able to tell us this is rough paper, but his body language is signaling that to us. And so it's, it's kind of bring. Uh, maintaining his dignity and also telling everybody else, I I see you too. Um, And as, as this progresses, like you will still be seen.
0: That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I like to do little activities, adventures with my mom, like the dog park or Mm -hmm. the regional park, because it doesn't necessarily give us more to talk about. It gives us something different Mm -hmm. and, it's easier to be peaceful with each other because you're looking at the nature and appreciating. Like we went out, I guess it was three weeks. It'll be three weeks on Monday, two weeks ago. um, Yeah. (laughs) like last week was the library. So the week before that was the regional park, Mm -hmm. and you know, it was warm and it was nice and it's just, you can just kind of appreciate what you're looking at. Whereas if I sit with her, in her room, she goes into very rote language of just, so what have you been up to today? How's the family? And I could tell her how the family is. I could tell her how the neighbor's family, she has no idea who I'm talking about.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, after 20 minutes of that, you just want to bang your head on the wall and, you know, it doesn't, it's, you know, everybody understands that's no fun. So I find she doesn't repeat herself when we're out walking, I think cause she's concentrating on not tripping over the shadows.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's always trying not to step on her own shadow too, which is hysterical. And she'll even tell you that she knows she says, Oh, I look at the shadow on the ground and I think I shouldn't step on it. Then I realize it's mine, which is about as much communication as I get. That's like a really long sentence for mm-hmm.
1: her. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why I'm always looking for other other ways to tap into who she was. Mm-hmm. We've been on this journey for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I we're around twenty years, oh, okay, and she's only seventy six, so we could have another ten, yeah. according yeah. to the neurologist. And so it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. I can't. I can't answer the same questions over and over again for another 10 years. I will lose my mind.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think you're um, you're exactly right that this kind of sh- going somewhere and having a shared experience as opposed to just kind of revisiting, rehashing the same thing over and over, then you are able to, like you said, be, in pe- be at peace when you're sitting there in the dog park having this in-the-moment experience because that in-the-moment experience at the dog park doesn't require her – to remember the name of each specific dog breed that's there and every dog that you've ever had and the names of each of those dogs, right? It doesn't require any of that. It just requires a place for us both to sit and and dogs to be here to entertain us, right? Um you, you know, there can be really fabulous similar experiences in um like art museums and galleries too. Have you tried that with her since she has an interest in? Creativity?
0: No, because taking her very far in the car is not pleasant at all. Right. We're well. I've thought about taking her on the BART train into the city, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I get a little bit nervous.
1: Yeah. So with those longer trips.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I should. I should take her. We have a gallery here in town. Mm-hmm. I think I'll take her there the next Monday that it's raining. Yeah. The rate we're going, I think we're gonna have rain
1: forever. I know, right? It's it's wild. <laughs> I mean, we need it, and it's great, but it's uh, it's a lot of rain. Yeah, yeah. So, like, going into a gallery space, even you know, even if it's like the local coffee shop has some art up on the walls, um, it can be such an interesting op- opportunity to engage in creative play with somebody. And again, it's like all I need is right here in this moment, right? So, if I'm looking at the thing on the wall, what do I notice about it? Do I like it? If I don't like it, what don't I like about it? Right, that I don't like it. Art can actually be really interesting, and spur a lot of conversations. Um, and uh, there's, there's, it's just like this great conversation prompt and it's a centering point right so instead of going into the loop and asking you questions that I've already asked you several times today you and I both are having this new experience of looking at this piece of art that we've never seen before and um, so, it, it, and I, you know, I think the other thing is don't be afraid to ask for a chair in the gallery because they've got them. Um, and it's perfectly reasonable for folks to ask for chairs uh, in galleries and museums and say, you know what, I want to sit down here with my mom and enjoy this piece of art a little bit longer to have a chair that we could do chairs that we could both sit in to stay here a little longer.
0: Well, that's super excellent advice. The to- the gallery that's here in town, I know most of the people that run it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't feel too embarrassed about asking for a chair, but for people who aren't in my town or don't know the gallery owners, uh, that's a very excellent advice. I like to take her like when it, when it was colder, we'd go to Pete's coffee and tea. Mm -hmm. She likes to watch people. Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know, different people watching is more stimulating than people that she's with all the time and she loves to watch kids. That's why we went to the library last week Mm -hmm. because it was on and off rain and the kids were on spring break and I asked my husband whose office is next door, I'm like, can you go over and see if there's a kid activity going on and you know mom can just watch the kids. I had to be careful because one day somebody asked me what we were doing. And I said, oh we're gonna go look for some kids to watch. And then I realized (laughs) I sounded (laughs) like a creep. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Not like that. you know being a mom and a grandma she likes to watch the little kids yeah and so then we went to the library and there was twin girls running around they were so cute oh, cute and she just loved to watch them and you know fortunately you know because obviously that's not my idea of a good time and I didn't plan ahead to get a book off the shelf that I could just look at or um, I have a really a, two books that are called two lap books mm-hmm. they've got beautiful illustrations her page and like one sentence like I love to feel the sunshine on my face and it's a beautiful drawing of a lady sitting in the sun an Mm -hmm. older lady I could have brought those with me and but it was kind of last minute plan so we just watched the little kids run around and then we went and got a snack and then we went we had to get our shoes so yeah so tell me what other kinds of um art you do
1: with maybe people that are earlier in the stages Mm -hmm. So we do um, we do self portraits. Um, we do, uh, which is really interesting. Um, some some people uh, think of themselves as um, you know their their mental idea of themselves is is many decades earlier, and so sometimes um, being confronted by themselves in a mirror is not the greatest thing. So sometimes we'll do self-portraits without looking, right? So what what are important things about you? Um, and doing more of an abstract or metaphoric self-portrait with collage. So it's not really trying to create a representation of my face. It's more trying to create something that tells the world about me in some way. Oh, that's um, kind of cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, that can be really great in... Um, uh, I mean, it's great information for those of us who are working with them who aren't family because we learn a little bit more about people. Um, But it's also great for families because sometimes it's interesting, like, oh, I never knew that that was important to you or it's interesting that you've left out this thing in your life. And, you know, you never want to quiz somebody or kind of interrogate them about what they have or haven't included. But sometimes I will ask some questions about, oh, you know, I see you put a, a tea kettle here. Can you tell me more about what that tea kettle means to you? Um, and, and a lot of times you'll get interesting stories about each of those things. Um, yeah, but we just, you know, we we explore a lot of different types of materials, uh, a lot of different ways of working. Uh, I think that... Uh, working on things together in groups can be really, really powerful. Um, and then we also do a lot of uh, art for, so I have a whole chapter in my book that's about um, art with a greater purpose to it. So art that's um, either connecting to um, social issues or um, art that is intergenerational in some way and is connecting people to um, being able to tell their story to younger generations. Um, and th- those experiences have been really, really powerful for everybody involved.
0: I'm sure. Do you have suggestions? Cause a lot of the guests that I've talked to are kind of, one-on-one taking care of a parent Mm -hmm. like one gal um, I read her blog and she's with her mom kind of 24-7 and it's Mm -hmm. it fascinates me how different each person is I mean I understand why everybody's brain is different everybody's personalities are different so the disease affects them differently is there something you know I know one of the things is the the grinding repetition of taking care of somebody whose memory is terrible Mm -hmm. is just, it's, it affects our brains. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, Mm -hmm. after being with my mom for a couple of hours, it's like, I'm done. I can't do this. And it takes me the rest of the evening to kind of reacclimate back into my world. (laughs) And I don't have to deal with her 24 seven. So I'm I'm kind of looking for suggestions that maybe somebody could do with their loved one at home Mm -hmm. to just, Break up the monotonous routine that mm-hmm.
1: we end up in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, something that um, I've done with families in the past, with family members, um, and, and it's so simple, right? You don't need art skills to do this, but it can be something that can really uh, turn into something greater. So, tracing your hands on the same piece of paper, so the person that you're providing care for and the person who's providing care, whether it's a um, you know, son or daughter or granddaughter or great-granddaughter um, or great-grandson or great-grandson or and um, tracing hands on a piece of paper and then adding color to it. And so it's something that then, again, you've not given someone a blank piece of paper and they can, um, you've, you've put some shapes onto that page. And then you can um, add in, you know, some other lines, whether it's lines connecting fingertips to fingertips or uh, maybe there's overlapping hands there and adding color to it. Um, But just that that process of putting your hand down and having the other person trace your hand, um, again, it's a connection, it's a slowing down, it's a right now in this moment um, and and can turn into something that, that ends up being a really beautiful piece of art. I think one of my favorite experiences with, tracing someone's hand one time as we were tracing all around her fingers and she had pretty bad arthritis so she had um, big big bumps on her knuckles and she was describing to me how ugly her fingers were and they're so bumpy and i i was saying no oh, you know they our hands kind of pick up the history of our lives and they tell our stories and they can be you know really really powerful symbols and once we got finished tracing her hand, she lifted her hand up and she looked down at the paper and she said, oh, it looks just like me. <laughs> I love that because it's, you know, it's true. Our hands, our hands tell our stories. Um, and so doing something like that could be a really great exploration that people could do together and could kind of trace hands together, maybe make some other lines on the page and then have the the person living with dementia work on adding color to it while you're doing some other things, right? Because then you've got some structure on the page that they can add to. And then if you're working with somebody who can't see well, um, you could trace your hands onto fabric and cut out pieces of fabric and and glue that on the page so it's got a texture to it, so it's something they can feel. Right. So there's, there's different ways that you could adapt it.
0: And my mom loved to sew when my sister and I were growing up. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the fabric store once I needed something for a project I was working on, but you're giving me an idea to just go and just feel all the different kinds of fabric Yes, because the store out here is huge and you can walk from the front to the back from the cottons to the home decor fabric and the, like the dressy, you know, formal fabrics are like in the middle. So you yeah. really get kind of a sensory. I think I might try that one too. Yeah. That'd be I'm great. not wishing for more rain, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, there's, it, she just seems like after the dog park, when we were in the car, she kept saying, oh, that was such a great day. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that makes me feel so good yeah. because, she doesn't express appreciation for a lot of stuff. Like when I used to do her nails, it was just like, yeah, whatever. He right. <laughs> did my nails great. So getting that appreciation is nice. It's amazing how much we still need it from our parents, yep. even though we're, yep. you know, my daughter's an adult. And what is it? When we went to the regional park, she said that. I think she said that about the library. So these little jaunts are really helpful. Yes. But I know it's harder for some people. Like my mom walks just fine, except for trying not to trip over shadows. So we, I don't have to worry so much about transporting her. Mm-hmm. There was a gal. It was fun at the dog park yesterday because my mom ended up talking with another gal, older woman, who I don't think was as... She was not cognitively cognitively with it, like some of the rest of the world. And I ended up talking to another gal who was a photographer, a dog mom and a cyclist, which is what I am. Wow. <laughs> and so I'm talking to this one gal. My mom's talking to this other gal. The dogs are running around. I mean, it was just, that's great. It was, you know, except for the stupid rain, it was perfect. Great.
1: Yeah, because so we'll definitely, you do need those breaks, you know, and so whether it's, um, you know, go be when you can get out to be able to get out and go do something together. But if it's, you know, my grandmother was the primary caregiver for my grandfather through the end of his life at home. And it was really, really, really hard on her. And she didn't have um, some support at, in the evenings until probably the last three months of my grandfather's life. And she talked about the bored she was Uh, Mm -hmm. like i'm just so bored Erin. when i talked to her and so um we started i started talking with her about like switching up their routine because you know for the 15 years prior they had always ate their breakfast in the same spot their lunch in this spot and their dinner right and so do we i said try some try having a picnic in this other room for lunch today, right? Like do something different, get a change of scenery. And so even if you're within the same four walls of the house or an apartment, um, what can you do that make, that give you at least a little taste of this? We're doing something special today. We're doing something different today. Um, it, it can really be a, a refresher for um, both the person providing care as well as the person living with dementia. Like, oh, well, that's uh, a- we're doing something different.
0: Yeah, yeah that's actually <laughs> really good But I was thinking we were going to say a picnic in the backyard. Yeah,
1: that's um, even better. If you can make that happen, awesome. But you know, some people that it's not they're not able to, or they don't have access, or it's freezing cold and raining. We so yeah. have a picnic <laughs> um, in in the dining room or. Um, in the by the in the family room, looking out the window at the birds, right? What? Can, how can we get some of that feeling?
0: Because I think awesome. it's the,
1: the day after day same thing problem that that uh, can be really difficult for people, and that's part of why creativity can be so useful is because it shakes things up a little bit. It breaks up the monotony.
0: Well, do you have suggestions? Because I know a lot of men don't want to do artsy, craftsy things Mm -hmm. because that's not the way they're wired, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, the older generation. So do you have suggestions for them that might be a little bit more palatable to their egos? You know, obviously I'm thinking all the stuff with fabric might be a serious turnoff.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I've really not encountered too much pushback. I did have a little bit of um, an interesting experience with one man because at one of our assisted livings that, art studio room was unfortunately painted the like most hideous color of bubblegum pink. So oh my. He walks into this room and he happens to walk in on a day when we're doing a jewelry group. So he walks in, he sees like 12 ladies sitting around the table making necklaces in a pink room. And he's like, this is not for me. <laughs> um, but I can understand know, why he would think that. Yeah, so, But, you know, we've had I've had a lot of um, men and male identified people who has been um, really active in the art therapy groups. Again, because the focus is on creativity as opposed to um, production of some kind of craft. Um, so that's been a useful um, window in. Um and because a lot of times I'll tie it to nature, and so that those with an interest in science will get interested in what we're doing. Um, so that's a good way in. So any of those things I was talking about, beliefs and the nature ideas, those those have been really well received by um, the men and male identified people that I've worked with. Um, and you know I think don't get afraid of sculpture and construction and uh, building things so um, we' we've, we've, we built a whole like scale model of a city one time in, in one of our memory carry units it was mostly mostly the guys and I doing it um, And then using things like masking tape, like getting out the masking tape and making paper sculptures, that pairing of the masking tape tape sound, um, using materials that people are comfortable with, that can be another really useful way in. What did you build the the model of the city out of? Cardboard boxes and um, uh, like toilet paper rolls and all sorts of things. But we had a clock tower,
0: and we had uh, all sorts of different buildings for people to live in. So, yeah, it's cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah. the The activities they do where my mom lives pretty much coloring, puzzles, bingo. I don't pay that much attention anymore because she's completely disinterested. Mm-hmm. Although when there was another gal's mom, she was my mom's neighbor her daughter would get my mom to do the activities. Whereas I would suggest it and say, Oh, this looks like fun. Why don't we do this together? I would just get the roadblock. Like right. no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and I didn't push cause I know that's not a good idea. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to hear the ideas that you guys have implemented. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, the other thing I'll say is, uh, um, not fast it doesn't happen quickly um which is I think why a lot of places default to things like bingo and trivia and puzzles because they kind of are low stakes and they put them out and they don't have to think about them too much this idea of introducing creativity sometimes it takes people a little while but what um what I've seen over and over again is it's infectious So if I'm working on something weird and interesting, people start paying attention and they start coming over and they start getting involved. And as soon as we've got like two people that are invested in something that we're doing and we're laughing and we're joking and more people start coming. Right. So, um, it sometimes, uh, it like, so if we're thinking about doing this in the home, um, if I'm, in the house I'll, I might sit very close to somebody and be working on something and kind of just having a conversation as I'm doing it weaving or building something um, and then ask them to hold something for me while I'm working on it so I'm slowly getting them involved in it um, and interested in what we're doing maybe I'll ask their advice what do you think should I put this here or should I put this over here on this side And, um, I'm slowly getting them involved in this idea of we're making something together.
0: That sounds cool. And I've got ideas for the nature projects with my mom. Cause like I said, she's advanced enough. You know, when I try to bring her into what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and it hasn't necessarily been creative, but you know, after two minutes, she's like, what am I doing again? Why are we doing this? what are we doing? You know, it's just, it's, it gets super frustrating Mm -hmm. when she was, she, she's been in the memory care for two years. So she was there about six months and I wanted to help her create something for the three grandchildren. Mm -hmm. My daughter is 27. My niece is 13 and my nephew's almost 10. So I thought, you know, it was, I, I, I found this very simple craft that you can't screw up and I would tell her, okay, use this, you know, use this color. Okay. Why don't you switch to this color? And she, Oh my gosh, it was, was not at first I said here, pick the three colors that you like. Mm-hmm. And that was a challenge. This was before that I, I really fully understood like, you almost want to say her vision is really bad, but it's not her vision. It's the processing. Right. Yeah, And she kept f- uh, fussing over, well, I don't want to screw it up. I'm like, you can't screw it up. Watch. And then I'd screw it up. And then we were basically working with um, alcohol and ink pens. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. The cheap version of alcohol inks. And so I would just show her. It's like, you can't screw this up because you can just erase it with this. Zhoop, took off the over, you know, the overdraw. And, oh, my goodness, it was it was work to get her to do three six-inch tiles. Mm-hmm. And we didn't do them all on the same day. I think we did two one day and a third one another day. Just it was like a heart colored in. And then I did the alcohol part. And it was, oh, my gosh, it was exhausting. And I would do them with her. I would do my own. And, and I would tell her, oh, at home, I've done this elaborate flower and blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it wasn't relaxing at all right So i haven't ventured into the crafts again mm-hmm. and i tried to get her to sign it and this was before like i said before i realized i did not realize she couldn't sign her name anymore so i i managed to get her i wanted her to write grandma diane and i think i got three initials and i know two of them have initials and i'm not sure what the third one was i tried really hard. yeah but it was like, okay, the writing of her name was way too much. That stressed her out. But I think if we just collect, like, sticks and I don't know if there's any flowers out there yet. Who knows? Maybe after this, see, I think it's supposed to be nice this weekend. Yeah. So maybe after this weekend, there'll be some some little weed flowers popping up. We can just collect them and then just attach them to yeah. the canvas and and go from there. Just something super simple that doesn't require a lot of visual processing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. tactile, like you said. Yep. I like that idea. Yeah. So, okay. Listeners will have to watch and see, watch my social media posts and see if we post something yes. about this or if it turns into a creative disaster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So tell me really quickly about your book and where people can get it. Sure. It's called Art Therapy with Older Adults Connected and Empowered. And it's uh, available anywhere you can buy books online. Um, so Amazon, any any of those sources. Um, and it is a book about and for art therapists, but really it's accessible to anybody. So the way that I've written it is broken into um chapters around uh, different topics and themes, and it has a lot of examples of um, the work that, that I've done, longer stories related to some of the ones that I've shared today with you. And um, it's uh, really changing how we think about work with older adults, as much of the work in the past has been you know, bingo and puzzles and trivia. And what we're thinking about in the future is how do you continue to live and grow and thrive? Uh, all the way to the very last days of your
0: life. Well, I will definitely link, do the Amazon link in the show notes. Right. So anybody that's interested can just click through and order it or they can go to their library and yep. get it maybe. Yeah. Um, that sounds, I mean, there's, I've learned so much. I've been doing this podcast. Today is April 2nd. This will come out in May. So by the time this comes out, it'll be a little bit over a year. And I have learned so much. That's awesome. And, There are times I wish, not that I want to do this journey any longer than necessary, but I wish that we had known all this stuff 10 and 15 years ago, because I think there was a lot of help for people like my mom that might have made this part of her life a little bit more enjoyable. Maybe the visual processing would not have deteriorated quite as much if she'd been able to do hand eye coordinating kind of things like Mm -hmm. art and and I know she would have enjoyed it. So even if it didn't benefit her disease progression, it would have helped her mind. Yeah. You know, from the happiness standpoint and satisfaction and you know, I I, I, it makes me hopeful for the future. And my listeners know that my mom is the third generation that's had no memory at the end of her life. So my sister and I have to be the generation that doesn't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you're you're also doing a beautiful service for people who are out there in the world at the very, very early stages of finding this out about their families. So like you having these conversations with people and asking these questions, coming from a place of knowledge, coming from a place of like, I've seen what this has been like over these last 15 years. Like This is an incredible service that you're doing for the world.
0: Oh, thank you. My goal originally was, and this is going to sound a little bit much, but I felt that I'd been on this journey a long time with her. And after my dad died, I ended up almost by accident at the Alzheimer's Association's website. I was looking for a caregiver support group, which I do attend. Mm -hmm. And there's so much information and I've made the analogy. It's like, there's this little tiny door. Once you find this little tiny door and you go through it, there's this vast quantity of information and support and services. But if you don't know where to start to look, and I'm actually an Alzheimer's Association advocate, a state advocate. So I'm trying to I'm trying to give people the information that I wished I'd had 15 years ago. That way, you know, maybe my dad might've had a more enjoyable last five years of his life. Cause I'm sure dealing with his chronic illnesses and her Alzheimer's, I'm sure that didn't do him any favors. Right.
1: right. I
0: think he just got tired and kind of gave up. Yeah. So I would, I'm trying to, I thought I had a lot of information and then I found more and I wanted to share it and I've learned so much, but that's what my anniversary episode will be about or oh. is about. Oh. Cause when this comes out, that one will already be out is all of the things that i've learned by talking to people like you it's been fantastic oh that sounds
1: awesome so do you have any last bit of advice before i let you go um i think my last bit of advice is even if you don't think that art is for you or art is for your family member give it a try um go do something creative go explore something creative if you've Find a painting in a magazine that you hate. And you think it's not art. Put it on the wall and, and sit there in two chairs and say, this is why we don't like this piece of art. These kinds of conversations are, are good for our brains, as they of stimulating ourselves through creativity, and um, it's, it can bring laughter, it can bring tears, it can bring joy, um, it's, it's a lot of fun, so um, don't be afraid to explore your creative side and the creative side of your family member, no matter what stage of dementia they might be living in.
0: I think analyzing a painting or a print or something that you don't like would almost be easier uh-huh. because, like, I know there's times when my mom brings out, like, she just says silly things, like, and her humor comes out. Mm-hmm. We were waiting for a very long time at the neurologist's office, and... I don't remember how we got on the topic about singing and we can't carry a tune if you give us a handle. So singing is not something we do. And I'm trying to remember if it was before Christmas. No, it was, I think it was after Christmas, but we got, maybe it was what was playing on the, you know, in the ceiling. And I said something to the effect of, well, you want to sing? And she she laughed and, she made a comment about how that would probably not sound good. And I said, well, if they think we're howling in pain in here, maybe they'll hurry the heck up. <laughs> and she laughed. And I thought, okay, that was pretty funny. So I could just see her saying, well, I don't like that because it's butt ugly. Yes, <laughs> just, she might not be able to, to um, articulate why she doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but she'll come up with some kind of goofy thing, to yeah. say about why, but if you ask them why do you like it, I can see that almost being more challenging. Mm-hmm. Then you have to come up with like a real reason. Yeah,
1: yeah, not, and not that it's. I think that's what I love about art and and uh, about creative practices is there's really no wrong answer. You know, there's like if you're in an art history class, there's a right answer to when this thing was painted, but we're not in art history class we're just in the world and we can make up whatever title we want for this piece and we can make up whatever story we want for what's represented in the art and it can be really fun so
0: well you've definitely given me a couple of ideas for a couple of outings right. go to the gallery here in town bring a sketchbook with us to the regional park so that's that gives me some things to work on in the near now that we're we're into spring and getting into summer yeah. I very much appreciate this conversation Absolutely. this afternoon. And I will I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, wonderful. Oh, have a good week. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I want to remind you: if you need help right this minute, you have a question you need answered right now, you can contact the Alzheimer's Association 24-7 Hotline. Their phone number is one 800 2723900. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories and as always I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. Coming up in just a sec is a promo from another podcast that you might find helpful. It's called Ang Zenity and it's about a gentleman who's been through all types of mental health struggles and how he managed to come out the other side. And it's a way for you to find ways that you can do better with your mental state. And I know caregivers need that. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like it, give it a listen.
1: Do you or someone you know struggle through life with anxiety-related mental disorders? Ever get that feeling that you're one of the few I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Take a journey with me as I talk about key points in my past and how they may have led to me being diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder. After which, we will talk about different ways to tone down the anxiety and maybe even beat it together on anxiety, The easiest way to remember the name is by thinking about how one searches for a state of Zen in the midst of the anxieties of life. My name is Gerald, and I'm the host of Anxiety.